Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. And oh, did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 88. Rick, who's your favorite 88? Alan Page. Oh, that's a great one. Our guy Josh Edwards is here too as well. Josh, who's your favorite 88? Man, I wasn't prepared for that. I don't, I don't, I don't have one off the top of my head. I'll give you um, one. The playmaker. How about that? Michael Irvin. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Alan Page, yeah. that's out of the that was a good one, Rick. Well done. All right. That's Rick Spielman, of course. I'm Ryan Wilson. And of course, I, we are joined by our dude, Josh Edwards, which can only mean one thing, Rick. It's Mock Draft Thursday. Last time we had Josh on the show, if you're watching on YouTube, Rick is celebrating by doing simulated bench presses, which checks out. That's how Rick dances at the weddings. He does the bench press in the middle of the dance floor. Uh, last time Josh was on the show, Rick, we went through his mock draft, and you're actually pretty kind to him. Today, we're going to do a live mock draft, and we'll alternate making picks from 1 to 32. I'm interested to see how many of these quarterbacks, and we've talked in recent weeks about how deep this group is, end up going in the first round. You would think five or six, given the way we've spoken about them. We shall find out together. First things first, if you're watching us on YouTube at NFL and CBS, you can see on the official with the first pick draft countdown board, Rick, where are we at? Josh, just so your information, there is 196 days until the 2024 NFL draft. Debo, our fine producer, has yet to upgrade our board. So Ryan gets up at five in the morning to color in the numbers so <laughs> we can keep account of how many days are left until that draft comes. And I'm so stupid that I forget to write down the numbers. So I have to count backwards from April 25th every single morning at five. So that's on me. I'll learn. All right. If you missed it on Tuesday, it was another pop or drop episode. We focused on this wide receiver class, and we'll see a few of those names today. And as always, we hit our top five rookie performances from week five. I think at this point, we can just pencil in Jalen Clark and CJ start at number one, but we shall see. And we rank the rookie quarterback performances like we always do. Check that out in the old podcast feed. Remember, leave so a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, nominate an FBS or FCS college player, and we'll evaluate his draft prospects on an upcoming show. In fact, we'll empty out the back catalog of names next Thursday. So if you haven't hit one of your uh, nominees yet, it'll happen next week. But that doesn't mean you can't continue to leave us five-star reviews and nominate guys because it's only October. Finally, if you don't mind, take a second, hit the old thumbs up on YouTube. 
at NFL on CBS. It helps us grow the show, spread the word. All right, fellas, it's go time. We're mock drafting it up. As hey, we sit. Before oh, yeah, we go ahead. Started. Okay, so, and we'll get into this. And Josh, I apologize because Debo has no clear direction on the. Okay, direction here we go. So, Tuesday, just for my clarification, will be another pop or drop rookie report. And not until next Thursday is when we do the five star review on players that actually fans send in that player. So it doesn't mean that he was a five-star high school recruit, Josh. It means that if you give us a five-star rating and you send us the name of a player, then we will actually sit there and evaluate that player and talk about him on the air. Is that clear, Josh? Yeah, I'm actually glad you said that, Rick, because I submitted a five-star review for a name that you guys can evaluate for me. I'm reaching out to you guys to do a little bit of my own homework, so uh, I haven't actually seen the player that I submitted, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, who'd you submit? Are you not going to tell us? Well, they got to listen next week, Ryan. Come on, you got to you gotta tease it a little bit. All right, so Debo, just for clerical purposes, Tuesday's usually pop or drop, and then Thursday's going to be the, the five-star show, correct? I mean, it's been that way for the past six weeks. <laughs> he needs he, explicit directions, Debo. You have to black and white. There's no confusion and no room for any wiggle room in there. So is that clear, Rick, or, or do we need to repeat it? I am clear. So okay. this weekend, I'm not going to do my five-star review player write-up. You can. It's up to you. I know, but I have some other obligations that I gotcha. have. Are you drinking a three-ounce Diet Coke? <laughs> 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 no, he's just that big, Debo. That's a twelve. That's a regular twelve ounce can. He's just enormous. <laughs> he looks like uh, Chase Chase Young out there sitting in that chair with that tiny little <laughs> shot glass of Coke. Not a sponsor. All right, let's go. I think Rick is clear on things. Feel free to leave Rick a comment and help explain things to him if you think that's what he needs. All right, Rick. Hopefully, this is clear enough for you, and you don't blow this one. You have the number one overall pick. You're the Chicago Bears. If you need any more details, I'm gonna have to give you your pink slip. What are you doing here? I don't know. I had. A- <laughs> Are you hanging up the phone every time someone calls you? Uh, I am hanging up the phone every time someone calls me right now. And the obvious pick is Caleb Williams. So I'm going to go with the obvious in October. I know that Justin Fields has played well over the last two weeks. All of a sudden, they're starting to adjust the scheme again, according to what he does best. So if I'm sitting in the GM chair with the Chicago Bears, I think that Caleb Williams, after I check all the boxes, is a, with like we like the term, generational type quarterback, then you can't pass him up. And then I will be able to trade Justin Fields uh, for, I would believe, at least a second round pick and maybe more if he continues to play the way he's played through the uh, rest of the season. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this because this is a layup, but I'm going to ask you an extreme question and tell me how far you're willing to go. What if the the uh, Chiefs say, we will give you Patrick Mahomes for the number one overall pick because maybe they want to start over with less money, whatever, whatever the stupid reason is, but would you consider that? Yeah. As stupid as that question is, the answer yeah. is more stupid, yes. <laughs> you would trade, okay, so I'm just trying to see how far, you, what it would take to, for you to trade that pick. So you would trade Patrick Mahomes, you would take the Patrick Mahomes trade and send the first overall pick. That's, yeah, that's okay. Not- that's not even a hesitation. Okay. Well, I'm trying to, what about, so let's go down the I list. Commodity versus an unknown commodity. I get it, but I, I'm just, that's why I'm asking. What about Josh Allen? Yes. Okay. A known commodity versus an unknown commodity. 
Keep going, All right. Ryan. What'd you say? Keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going down a little. What about Trevor Lawrence? Mm. Mm. I would probably say right now that I would stay with Caleb Williams. Okay. And of course, Debo wants to be asked Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and let's assume Jalen Hurts does not get in a car crash on his way to Chicago. Let's assume he gets there safely. He's padded I'm up in Caleb Williams. The only two that you have mentioned, Holmes and, and Josh Allen. You Burrow. have any names, Josh? Oh, yeah, Joe Burrow. How about Joe Burrow? He's hurt all the time. I'm going with Caleb Williams. I agree. I agree with that. Josh, what do you think? I don't want to pour salt into the wound, but Chicago's already passed on Patrick Mahomes once. So uh, I'm not sure. that. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, obviously, they would take Patrick Mahomes in that scenario because he is a more known commodity. Um, I just have a hard time thinking that Kansas City would ever be in a scenario where they would trade him. But no, they wouldn't. There's very few quarterbacks I would take over Caleb Williams on a rookie contract, nonetheless. Yeah, the rookie deal is also a part of it, too, I guess, on Rick. All right, so let's that's fine. I just want to get your thoughts on that because I know you love hypotheticals and you love stupid answering stupid questions. Look, man, you were you had to answer stupid questions in front of the media for 30 years. This should be nothing. This should be all very highly thought out, intelligent questions. (laughs) Was this literally the dumbest question anyone's ever asked you? I find that hard to believe. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number two, move it on. Rick is the GM. He's taking Caleb Williams, and he will only take phone calls from Andy Reid and Sean McDermott. The Bears on the clock again. The first overall pick was by virtue of the Carolina Panthers trade. Carolina Panthers look like the worst team in football right now. Frank Reich, uh, you know, Lord bless him. He has to have a meeting every Monday. We talked about this last podcast with the owner. David Tepper's not happy for obvious reasons. Number two, the Bears, this is their own pick, and I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr., is it more likely, Rick, that this is the pick you think about trading if you're the Bears? You just take Caleb Williams, you don't answer the phone, and then you come back and maybe try to stockpile picks, or are you sticking here with Marvin Harrison? Too unique of a player. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say that I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison Jr. because both of these guys are – you don't see this level of talent with these two players uh, through the draft. I mean, go back and look at what Jacksonville had to pick when they had the number one overall pick. Uh, when they took the uh, defensive end from Georgia, Javon Walker, Javon Walker. Now, would you take, this is a rarity that you have two unique players at one and two this year. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, going back to the Javon Walker year, you would love to have had one or one of these two players available to make your, your job a little easier. Um, and you could argue that sometimes you overthink it. Aiden Hutchinson is playing out of his mind, and maybe he should have gone first. Trevon Walker's playing better, but I don't know if you would argue he's been the best player in that draft class. Um, but that's, you know, that is what it is. That's how it works sometimes. Josh, you were on the clock at number three. You were the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton has not magically been able to fix all that's going on with this team, in part because he doesn't coach the defense. I think Russ has played a little better. Uh, where are you going? Do you trust Russ? You have to pay him a boatload of money if you don't trust him either way. Yeah, first, I'm a little nervous because you look at the stretch of teams that are coming up. You've got the Patriots. You've got the uh, Vikings. I mean, there's a few teams there that could realistically beat in the quarterback markets. Uh, The only thing that makes this a complicated selection is because of Russell Wilson's contract. Otherwise, I don't think this is a team that's going to compete in the next couple of years. So what you want to do is you want to restock your uh, pantry here and get a quarterback like Drake May, who I think is – one of the better players in this draft class. If he were in most other draft classes, he would be the top quarterback prospect. 
um, in my opinion, based on what he has shown to this point. So I'm not necessarily a believer in moving forward with a 34-year-old quarterback, especially under the state of things in Denver right now. So for me, I'm taking Drake May. I don't know how the contract situation is going to work out with Russell Wilson, but um, that's what I would be doing personally. Hey, uh, Rick, I'm going to ask you another stupid question. If you're just a middle-of-the-road team, I know you hate these hypotheticals, but I'm, I'm trying to get to a, a point here. And everything's on the table. The Russ's contract and, and the other player we're about to talk about here. Would you rather trade for Russ Wilson or would you rather trade for Justin Fields? I don't understand the hypothetical question. If you're just an eight and eight or eight and nine team and you need a quarterback, let's say next year you're the Patriots. You're not going to be eight and nine. You'll be worse than that. And you can't get one of these top two quarterbacks, but you have an opportunity to trade for Russ or trade for Justin. Who would you prefer to have? I would take Justin. Okay. He's younger. And he's just right now hitting the prime of his career. So you're still not, you're not closing the book on Justin Fields, is what you're saying. Are you, you said Justin Jefferson. Sorry, Justin Fields, the quarterback. Sorry. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to figure out where would you take a young quarterback who's unproven or an older quarterback who's over maybe over the hill? If I understand what Justin Fields does well and I can implement that into my offense, I'm taking Justin Fields. Okay. Quarterback is at that age is a lot harder to find than uh, a 34-year-old, 35-year-old quarterback who seems to be overpaid right now. Do you think there's a scenario where Russ turns it around? Not necessarily in Denver, but are his best days behind him? I, I just I think he is a good quarterback. I think he's playing better this year. I don't know all the circumstances. Why? I mean, last year you can assume – off of everything you read in the internet, but I would go with the younger player with the more upside. Okay, fair enough. So you're okay with Drake May here for sure. You have to take him. Yeah, you have to take him. Now, you you may have to sit a year um, unless you're able to unload that contract, but if you trade or cut Russell Wilson, that's $62 million in dead money. I did a study on this and over $38 million against your cap, so you are actually scraping and going down even farther into the barrel because you're going to have to make other moves to create that room just to swallow that contract. Yikes. All right. No, I think that's the right call, Josh. Drake May there. Two quarterbacks off the board in the first three picks. Next up, the Vikings at number four. They have a bunch of guys coming up. Uh, their contract's coming up to play defensive end. DJ Wanham, Daniel Hunter, and Rick, you were going with cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry. Well, why are you announcing it? I'm supposed to announce my pick. Oh, okay. I announced your first one. Go ahead. So- you announce it. How do you want to announce it so I'll know in the future? <laughs> Well, I was really mad because the Broncos took Drake May, so I threw my squeeze ball against the- <laughs> <laughs> Josh was as selfish as he always is on his show. He is selfish, isn't he? Yeah, very selfish person. Uh, <laughs> I would have done everything I could if I'm number four or number at number four spot to move up to get Drake May, knowing that there's a drop off a quarterback, knowing that Kirk Cousins is out of contract next year. And so I would have done everything in my power to make sure that I get above uh, the Broncos. And maybe the Broncos take a a ton of picks uh, and don't go with Drake May. But that scenario, since we're not doing trades, does not work out. I really had a tough time between taking a pass rusher, knowing that Davenport is always hurting on a one-year deal, knowing that Daniil Hunter is on a one-year deal, but then also knowing that Brian Flores blissed blitzes at the highest rate in the NFL right now at almost 58% versus drop back passers. So 
in order to have success on defense, you have to have the guys that can cover. Right now, Booth looks like he's kind of been a bust just because of the injury. You know, they drafted uh, Evans two years ago, a number four overall pick. They took Booth at number two. Second round, uh, Evans was a fourth round pick this year. They took Blackman, who I wasn't a big fan of, coming out of USC in the third round. So they need corners. And uh, the only way this defense is going to have success, you have to have the pass rushers. I can see him potentially going defensive tackle here, but there's not a defensive tackle worthy of this pick. So I went with the best corner on the board and Kool-Aid McKinstry that will fit the scheme. And then I think there's a drop-off after Kool-Aid at the corner position. You okay with Kool-Aid speed? Yeah, I think he's fast enough, but he's he's intelligent. If you have one knock on him, it may be the fact that he doesn't have great high number of interceptions, uh, but he does get his hands on balls. Um, You know, said the same thing about Gonzalez and he, you know, he ended up having some uh, production on the ball in the air when he transferred from Colorado uh, to Oregon. So I don't have any issues with that, but if you had to poke a hole, you'd wish he had more uh, interception production, but he doesn't get targeted a lot. Yeah. And Joey Porter Jr., my guy. He can actually catch the ball when you throw it to him. Uh, one last thing on this. Are you going to try to re-up Kirk Cousins? Because Kirk said he wants to retire there, or he wants, that's going to be his last stop. He's played yeah. well. Yeah, well, if they wanted to re-up him, they would have done it last year. So my assumption is, since they didn't do anything, that they're okay. moving after this year. Okay, all right. That's going to be fun to watch from the outside. Maybe not so fun to watch if you're a Vikings fan. At number five, the Patriots are picking here, and this is worst-case scenario for them and that they can't get a quarterback. And, you know, we've had this conversation in recent years about teams overdrafting quarterbacks in the first round, and it hasn't really happened. So maybe that's a, a, a theme that we'll see continue to play out. Maybe a, a team doesn't try to take another quarterback inside the top ten after these two names that we mentioned, Caleb Williams and Drake May. We shall see. But we were all sort of surprised last year when the Patriots didn't take a tackle at all. They drafted three interior offensive linemen, two who had to start as rookies in week one because they're uh, Cole Strange – and uh, a win a win was hurt, and I mean, look, they played the Eagles, so that that's in and of itself a problem. But I, you don't have any outside help, so I drafted Olafishan here out of Penn State. Uh, Josh, any other direction you would have considered if you're the Patriots? No, I think offensive tackle is the most pressing need on that roster. I was surprised that they didn't address it in the previous draft. Um, I think it's something that you can't ignore any longer. You've got to get some some more protection in that room. Obviously, the quarterback room is. A bit unsettled, so maybe you consider a quarterback if you love one here, but I think Fashanu is just a better prospect than what you would get at the quarterback position. You okay with this, Rick? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hell, they awesome. drafted a kicker in a fourth and a punter in a sixth before they even considered offense. Listen, it is wild times when you're reading on The Athletic that Robert Kraft is not averse to moving on from Bill Belichick. Uh, now, that's just a report, and we haven't heard from Robert Kraft's mouth, but even the fact that it's in print is, is crazy a crazy time to be alive. So we shall see how this plays itself out because this team is not, I mean, the Patriots are in a group with the, the, the Broncos and the giants and the, the Bears as a team, the teams that are legitimately struggling to an extent that's, that's almost hard to fathom. All right. Number six, Josh, you're on the board as the a team that hasn't really struggled in terms of the effort under first year coach, Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals are picking at number six. What are you doing? Can I, can I make one point to, of course you to can. Debo next time we have this? Actually, it's slot number seven, but it's really pick number six. So if there's any way we can fix this, <laughs> marry up slots 
and the selection. That if you're if you're listening to the show, Rick is <laughs> upset by the spreadsheet format that Debo has no control over. So Debo, I would insert another column in column A that says pick number, which you have in column B, just so Rick can. His the brain. numbers are really throwing me off on this. <laughs> I mean, Devo's not even going to unmute himself to respond to that. <laughs> ah, behind the curtain. <laughs> All right. If you can figure out how to what pick you're on, Josh, you please tell us what you're doing at number six. Just subtract one as we go through the rest of the show. <laughs> what is going a while. So with the, uh, I believe, sixth overall pick, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking uh, Alabama edge rusher Dallas Turner. The considerations here were uh, Joe Alt and Turner. I think I went in the direction of Dallas Turner because they don't really have any game-changing pass rushers. rushers. You've got Jonathan Gannon coming over from a Philadelphia team that was loaded with pass rushers. Um, So I'm adding a player to the mix that I think can really take over some games. I think we're starting to see him be that type of expected even year um, of Dallas Turner. Rick, this is great news for you uh, as the Giants at number seven, correct? Yeah, the Giants are eight minus one. Yes, they're. <laughs> All right, I'm allowing you to, to announce your pick. Oh, I can take, I am going to take Joe Alt because they have the struggles on the offensive line. Thomas has been hurt. He is good when he is playing, but he's always injured. And then Evan Neal seems to be a bust right now, the way he's been playing, and he gets has all the fans against him as well. So, uh, but has not played well as a run blocker or as a pass blocker. So I have to take to me is the safest pick in this draft in Joe Alt because of his technique, because of the character. Because of the pedigree, everything says that this guy is going to be a really good pro. Uh, no concerns with taking him here, and he solidifies, at least tries to solidify that offensive line. He took Schmidt, uh, John Michael Schmitz, who I loved last year. Uh, so you're starting to create a uh, solid offensive line going forward by taking Joe Alt. Joe Alt left tackle out of Notre Dame. So you are willing to give up on first round pick Evan Neal, is what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Or if I get Joe Alt, I just have another really good guy that's ready to come in and start day one, whether right tackle or left tackle. And if Evan and Neil, Evan Neal continues to struggle at right tackle, maybe you consider moving him inside. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't know how much guard Evan Neal has played. And you've said before that it's easier to say it out loud. It's harder to implement, especially if the, the player's not accustomed to it. Number one and number two, do you feel like you sort of lost – on that draft pick, if you have to kick this guy inside when he's supposed to anchor the the right it was a if I remember, one of the top ten pick. Yeah. Yes. So, but it is what it is. <laughs> There's no time machine, is what you're saying. All right. I'll take that as a. You're just taking Joe Walt. You're you're done with with that. All right. Any consideration for a quarterback here, Rick? No. No, you're tied into. Uh, Danny Dimes until 2025. So you have all right. Got to make it work. Next up are the Raiders at number eight, or if you're Rick, nine minus one. And look, I know they drafted Tyree Wilson. He has not looked to be himself since that foot injury. And maybe he gets there. And sort of basically what Rick was talking about with with the offensive line situation in 
New York. You can't just wait around. So maybe he gets there, maybe he doesn't. In the meantime, you have Max Crosby and not much else. So I'm taking Jared Verse, the edge rusher out of Florida State, to book in Max Crosby, let them continue to get after it, because Max Crosby's dominating. And give him some help uh, when he gets double teamed, when he gets chipped, and let Jared Verse take some of that pressure on the other side there. How are you with that, Josh? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's the biggest need that they have, but I think the larger conversation that I was going to touch on with the next pick that I'm curious to hear your thoughts, um, what do you see as the tier breakdowns in this class? What do you see as the top tier and then getting into that second group and even farther down? Because that's going to be a conversation in this draft class. I feel like there's some blue chip talents up at the top, but once you get to maybe the 10-ish area where we are currently, um, I think you are going to have some guys with question marks. So I'm kind of curious how you guys view uh, this draft class as of now. What do you think, Rick? It does feel like around 8, 9, 10, things start to open up and go in any number of directions. Yeah. You know, we um, I, I like a couple of these guys down the line here a little bit better, but as far as just blue chip talent, I only think there's one more on the board that we haven't, okay. haven't been taking yet. All right. Well, let's keep on keeping on. The Cardinals at number nine. Announce your pick, Mr. Josh. So one of those blue chip players that I was referring to is Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. I know they took Trey McBride a couple of years ago. He hasn't made any level of an impact in the past game. I think Brock Bowers is somebody that um, you can split out like a a Kyle Pitts and use him down the field. That's something that they drastically miss um, with this team right now. You've got Hollywood Brown. You've got Rondale Moore, some some guys that are a little bit undersized. Yes, you've got – uh, Michael Wilson this year, but I think Brock Bowers just gives you a more explosive, more physical element down the field. And if you're bringing Kyler Murray back for another year, give him that weapon to uh, push the ball down the field. What do you think, Rick? I love him. I, I was pissed that Josh took him because I was going to take him for the. He Bengals. is selfish, you know. Yeah, he is very, very <laughs> selfish on his shows. We have to reassess where our guests, how selfish they are before they come on the show again. I'm just trying to get a contract extension. (laughs) (laughs) So this feels like a pretty good selection. I mean, you're going to maybe you roll with Kyler Murray, maybe Josh Dobbs guy. But I think the the other point is that you're not taking a quarterback. And if Brock Bowers is here, Trey McBride and Josh makes a good point. He hasn't. Zach Ertz seems to be their go to guy. Um, You can't just wait around and hope it magically works out. Brock Bowers plays much more than just tied in. I feel like he'd be a good fit. Oh, yeah. This is my, one of my favorite players in a draft. Awesome. All right. Number 10, 11 minus one. The Jets are on the clock. Who are you taking, Rick? So we're on the 10th pick, right? Even though it's slot 11? You got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am taking, finally, a offensive tackle. And J.C. Latham, the right tackle out of Alabama, is going to solve all my issues going forward. I wasn't able to address it last year. The biggest concern going into the season was a tackle position, uh, and this is a no-brainer for me to take J.C. Uh, here. All right, I got a question for you, because this makes sense. Um, unfortunately, Elijah Bear Tucker tore his Achilles, which is terrible news. He was playing on the right side. Who's playing left tackle for you? Well, I'll, you know, that's another thing we're going to have to figure out, but at least I'm getting the alts gone and uh, – Fashanu has gone, so I'm not going to pass up on an offensive lineman that plays the position of offensive tackle, especially with the New York Jets. Okay. No, I understand. I get it. You would love to have Alter Fashanu here, but that, that's not the case. So you take the next best player and someone can come in and start right away. And you've seen JC in person. He is, he is three, a man. 
He's three Rick Spielmans wide. He is a man. Actually, a 12 ounce Coke does look like a three ounce Coke in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the, the 10 in the books. When we come back, we'll pick up the pace a little bit so we can get to the next 22 right after this. All right. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Live mock draft. We're to pick 11. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that little gold wristwatch you got there. That's a very nice touch there, Rick. Yeah. I think Is that, that Andre the Giant? Is that Andre the Giant's hand? It has to be Andre the Giant's hand. Yeah. Or Rick Spielman. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Devo find this stuff? By the hey, way, Rick. You can find all the stuff on the internet, including uh, my drag off look, but you cannot somehow line up the draft order and number that we're actually thinking from the spreadsheet that he's using today. He didn't create the spreadsheet. By the way, I showed my wife that picture of you as uh, Dan Reno's bodyguard. She goes, oh, he looks like Howie Long. And you had the little Howie Long flat top going there. Yeah, I've got Howie Long, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you name it. I've and Any good, handsome-looking lad out there. That I was going to say, well, uh, here he comes. There he is. There's the <laughs> handsome devil. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it. If you listen to the audio version, please go over to YouTube and just see Rick with the I will punch you if you take one step closer to Dan Reno face. We can't see his fist, but they're certainly clinched. He's squeezing his pecs. <laughs> oh, this is magical. All right, let's go. We got to get through these things. All right, number 11, the commander's on the clock. I'm taking one of my favorite players in this class, Chop Robinson, Ed Rush out of Penn State. Uh, Chase Young, his deal is up. Montez Sweat's deal is up. Uh, Chase has battled injury. He's back now. We'll see how that plays out with both those players. But the commanders get another edge rusher to help that defense. And Chop Robinson, who's off to a great start this year. And number 12, Josh, you're on the clock. The Tennessee Titans, it feels like they're always drafting uh, around this position. They have some depth concerns here now. Who are you taking at number 12 for the Tennessee Titans? I have been taking Georgia offensive tackle Amarius Mims. Uh, Chris Hubbard has played fairly well for them this year. I don't expect that to be a long-term solution. Um, 
you've got Peter Skaronsky. He's played well on the inside. But I think if you're going to move forward with a Will Levis, with a Malik Willis at the quarterback position, give them a fighting chance with some protection in front of them. So Mims has only played three games this year. He was limited last year playing in a reserve role. We don't we haven't seen a large sample size of what he can be. But what I have seen is an, an incredibly impressive player that I think deserves this level of consideration. So that's the direction that I would be going um, if I were the Titans. Yeah, he has been fun to watch when he's healthy. I think he got hurt in the South Carolina game. Um, so we'll see when he gets back what he looks like. But um, another huge yeah. human being. All right, number 13, Rick. You're the Cincinnati Bengals. Who are you taking? Well, I'm sure not taking Mims because he's never on the field, although I do like it when he is on the field. Yeah. That's another subject. I, I went uh, with Malik Neighbors, the receiver from LSU here. With T. Higgins coming out of contract, I would have gone to tight end Bowers, but Josh selfishly took him to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It picked whatever number it is because I can't still figure out the numbers. Nine. Nine. But uh, Malik Neighbors, uh, again, they have a history of taking receivers. That's another weapon for Joe Burrow. They don't have to pay T. Higgins. They got the, his replacement and neighbors who I think is a dynamic playmaker and have an even a bigger year than he was last year. He sure is. Would you consider trading a second round pick to move from 13 to wherever you needed to go to get Brock Bowers? No, not when okay. I, not when I have uh, neighbors still on the board here. Okay. All right. I want to see how much you, you were willing to, to move off that. All right. Pick number 14. The Rams are on the board, and they're – I don't want to say they're doing it with smoke and mirrors, but they're they're doing some pretty good things with players that maybe a lot of folks don't know their names. Uh, you know Puka Nakua, right, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's on a Puka Nakua bandwagon. <laughs> but on defense, they – I mean, who are the, the cornerbacks on defense? It's, Kel, I think, Akella Witherspoon. It's uh, Kobe Durant. It's uh, the, the young man who transferred from Clemson to Georgia, um, Darian Kendrick. So they're doing it with some dudes that maybe aren't household names. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to give them Debo's guy, cornerback, Kalen King out of Penn State. He's had a strong start to his season, played well last year. We talked about it in the summer scouting series. So I'm getting more help on the defensive side of the ball. I suppose a 14, you could think about a quarterback here, Setson Bennett. I think one of my preseason bets, Rick, was that he played at least two games. He ain't going to play two games. Stafford is doing really well. And um, I don't know if you want to draft a quarterback here unless you really love someone, maybe a Michael Penix, if you're truly talking yourself into um, him or whoever it may be. But uh, Kalen King feels like a solid choice here. Guy can help you right away. All right, number 15, the Green Bay Packers, who are as up and down as any team in the league right now. Josh, who are you taking? So I have taking Miami safety, Cameron Kitchens. Um, when you look at Green Bay's roster, it's actually – Pretty well-rounded. Uh, they don't have a lot of needs except the offensive line, which we're kind of in no man's land if you're looking for offensive line right now. Uh, quarterback still very much up in the air, but they've committed to Jordan Love for the foreseeable future. So I have them taking Kitchens, who comes in and replaces uh, former first-round pick Darnell Savage at safety. Yeah, it's definitely a need there. Again, I don't think quarterbacks on the on the on the menu here. I think Jordan Love needs more time to sort of prove himself. They have the wide receivers. They have the tight ends. They're just young and trying to figure things out. Number 16, Rick, you're the Los Angeles Chargers. And without looking at your pick, the defense has been the huge Achilles heel here. So what are you doing at six at uh, 16? Yeah. I'm, I'm going with zero Zion. Johnny, Johnny, 
Johnny uh, Newton, the defensive tackle out of Illinois. Uh, when you watch this scheme, they put a lot of stress on these defensive tackles to control the point, to stop the run uh, that helps the back end, uh, but it hasn't helped them a lot. So this is a guy that they definitely need uh, to come in and start right away defensive tackle. To me, he's probably the most well-rounded defensive tackle in this draft, not only how he plays the run, but he can also get some pressure as an inline rusher. So, Josh, we were on HQ, Rick and I were, were yesterday, and I had Johnny Newton going in the top 10. That's too rich for you, Rick? Yes. Yeah, the problem is when Jalen Carter goes at nine, that's who you're going to compare everyone to, and that's just unfair to everyone else. Well, that's that's your fault for putting him in the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Apology accepted. <laughs> What'd you say, Rick? I said, I'm sure we'll be invited back to that show after that. <laughs> I know, right? All right. You know what's funny, Josh? And this is my fault. On Tuesday, I noted to Devo that, oh, Rick's kinder, gentler. And then he just exploded on Devo. And then he said, once we're inside 100 days, it's going to get worse. So I feel like he thinks we're, Rick, it's 196. There's still a one in front of that. 96. Yeah, I know, but now we're getting silly. Okay. With our predictions. All right. Well, they're going to get sealed here. Number 17, the Texans are on the board. This feels like a steal here. And the funny thing is, C.J. Stroud has been so good, he is making everyone around him better. That includes Nico Collins, who hadn't really flashed until this year. Robert Woods is having a good year. John Mechie's on the field, and he's making some plays. I'm still going with Amika Abuka here because I feel like he's probably uh, undervalued right around here in the middle of the round. He could go higher than that. He hasn't exploded this year, quote-unquote, but Rick talked about this on Tuesday's podcast. It, when you have Marvin Harrison on your team, sometimes you may not get all the the throws, but Amika Buka here at 17 to help out CJ in that offense. What do you think about that, Rick? I like it. I think he's oh. a very good – yeah, uh, he was my number two receiver coming into this season, and I'm going back and forth every week between him and neighbors, and I gave neighbors a nod up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, good. All right. We're moving in the right direction, Josh. Saints on number 18. Again, a team that may be in the quarterback situation, uh, we shall see. But you're going in a different direction, Josh. Yeah, if you close your eyes and you try to envision a New Orleans Saints pass rusher, you're thinking powerful, you're thinking long, you're thinking of JT Tui Molo Al. Um, yeah, nailed that. Um, that's the player that I'm adding to this defense because of what they have generally coveted in that role. Carl Granderson has played better. You've still got Cam Jordan, of course, but they've always valued depth in that spot. Marcus Davenport has moved on. Peyton Turner still waiting for him to kind of come along. So uh, JT is a guy that I think is going to fill out that rotation a little bit, give them some options to rotate in throughout the game and have them uh, with a little bit more depth. I like it. I like JT. And Rick, you're a JT guy too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just more disruptive than productive, but I think the production will come. But I do think he has tremendous upside. All right. Number 19, Atlanta Falcons. If they play every game at home, they're going undefeated, according to Des Ritter. So you don't need to help that offense. Oh, gosh, to go on the board, it's like 21. Now I'm subtracting two, Devo. How is this working? <laughs> I think Devo's just messing with you. <laughs> just look at column B, Rick, where it says pick number. <laughs> I know, but how did it turn to 21? It should be 20. I've been doing minus one. He's, he's a very selective reader, listener. <laughs> I think Nico's just being passive aggressive right now and trying to trying to mess you up. Oh my uh, god, I can't do everybody's job on this show. 
I know. It's not from lack of trying, though, right? All right, Falcons at number 19. They don't need any help on offense, Rick, and especially if they play every game at home. So you're going to the other side of the ball. What are you doing? Yeah, my favorite player, Mason Smith. <laughs> He's French, you know, Josh. <laughs> so he didn't yeah. play week one. He, str- he had the ACL last year. I think he only played in two games last year. One game, excuse me. So he is not off to a slow start, but doesn't have a lot of experience. But you still like his game. Yeah, no, I think he's long. He's athletic. I think if you tap this kid's uh, potential, you're going to get a a very good football player. They signed uh, Calais Campbell to just a one-year deal, and he's two years away from doing podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Maybe this podcast. We don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. After If we can't even figure out how to put a draft on a spreadsheet, I can see that. Oh, God. Um, and then you got Bud Dupree. I know he plays end, but they have some older guys up front. But getting a guy like uh, Mason Smith would be ideal for uh, Atlanta to start securing that defensive line. And, uh, it, you know, Calais Campbell was a stopgap guy for a year. This gives him a chance to have something with some similar traits, I think, when this kid is rolling uh, to fill that need. Wee oui, wee. Oui. That's French, Rick, for yes, yes. All right, number 20. Did I tell you my story about my – I try, I had to take a foreign language in college? Wait, you told me about going to the convenience store in, in Canada and the lady yelling at you because you weren't speaking French. Yeah, well, I was trying to speak French, and then she was yelling at me worse. <laughs> and what happened in college? I had to take a foreign language. And so I said, well, I'll just take French. I mean, it can't be that hard. It's wee wee and uh, monsieur and whatever else they say over there. Yeah, that's it. That's all they say. Yeah, bon appetit. <laughs> How'd I that said, go? Well, I went to the class and it was an advanced class. So you can take it two semesters in one semester. And I oh, sat in that class for Jesus. one time. I went back on a Thursday. It was a Tuesday and Thursday class. And after class, the uh, instructor, professor, uh, called me up to her desk. And I'm like, wow, she must think I'm pretty good in French, pretty prolific, prolific <laughs> in French. And she says, I, if I were you, I'd probably just drop this class, maybe go do sign language. <laughs> so wait a second. Were you having, to, was it like a situation where you had to speak French in front of everyone else? Yeah, I was way behind. Yeah, I, no, I, I got was, that from her response. Yeah, well, I was still struggling with the English part, and I still am today. So <laughs> I was, she goes, yeah, no, she did honestly say that if I were you, I would drop this class and maybe go on and do sign language. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking, like, maybe that was a lesson for you in terms of how to uh, not sugarcoat it when you have to tell people that their dream is ending. Like, you That's, know. That from that, the way that that, French professor handled me. I handled everything going forward that way, just straightforward and to the point. Yeah. How many players that you had to cut did you tell them that you should take up sign language? I didn't say take up sign language, but I should say take up your degree because you're probably not oh, going yeah. to play in the NFL. Oh, so you would be that frank with them? No, I would. I'd be nicer. I'm kind of yeah. like, who was it? Norman Cheers when they had to fire everybody <laughs> when he was in charge of fire. He'd take him to the movies, take him out. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well there you go all right. we digress you're not you're we're not here because of your french skills thank god all right number 20 the colts again sort of like the the rams they don't have a lot of guys that you may know that play uh the cornerback position 
Uh, Juju Brent's our guy, my guy, not Rick's guy. He's a rookie. Almost had an interception last weekend, went through his hands. I'm sure he's sore about that. Kenny Moore still there. But they have Daryl Baker Jr. as one of the cornerbacks. Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M is a backup there. I had him taking Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, and we talked about him over the summer. We saw it at times this year. He still needs to work on tackling people, but in terms of coverage, he is long. He is fast. He's pretty good at the, the catch point, but in terms of run support, that's where he needs to get better, and we'll see if that happens. But uh, he's one of my one of my guys I like. I would like to see that part of his game improve, but in terms of uh, when the ball's in the air, he goes after it. So that's uh, 1 through 20. I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to wrap this thing up with the final 12 picks. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, we're to pick number 21. The Buffalo Bills are on the clock, Josh. What are you doing? I have them taking uh, Iowa cornerback Cooper DeGene, a fast player in coverage this year. He has uh, forced 17 incompletions on 32 attempts for 110 mm. yards, mm. according to True Media. So he's playing well for a team that doesn't exactly have an explosive offensive counterpart. Um, <laughs> just a really solid football player that can do a lot of things on the football field. It helps with their turn game as well. So, Rick, Kyrie Elam, former first-round pick, hasn't worked out. They tried to put him on the field last week. Sean McDermott said we had to take him out. Didn't say we had to take him on the game, but we had, we played someone else at the end of the game. He was asked about it. Some kid they had pulled up from the practice squad. At what point – like, what are you doing? Because you need him, especially now with Trey White out. Is there anything in season you can do to get him going the direction he needs to go in? Well, by pulling him, maybe that sends a message, and I don't know what the issues are. Uh, whether it's learning the system, because physically he has the ability to do it. Right. Something's not clicking right now. And a lot of times, the one issue I had with him coming out was that I didn't think he was very physical in support. And knowing yeah. Sean McDermott and knowing how that defense prides itself on toughness, maybe he doesn't fit that. I don't know why he's struggling. Uh, maybe it's just not an ideal scheme fit, but there's a lot of things behind the scenes that could be going on on why uh, they had to pull him. Uh, but hopefully it's a wake-up call for him. I hear you. All right, we're to pick 22. Still only two quarterbacks off the board. I can't imagine the Cowboys pick a quarterback to have Dak, who didn't play well against the 49ers. They have Trey Lance, who they traded for. At 22, Rick, what are you doing for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I kind of started to get a little stuck in this part of the draft this early in October. So I went with a receiver, Rome Udenzi, the uh, receiver out of Washington. The only reason I went with him was that I know that that uh, CD Lamb is coming out of contract. They'll probably get some kind of extension. Brandon Cooks, who they trade Cook, who they traded for, if 
from Tennessee is a high contract number, but he really hasn't done anything or hasn't had an impact on that offense yet this year. And then Galloway seems like he's not the same receiver coming off that ACL he had a couple of years ago. Hopefully he'll kick it in gear because they gave him a five-year long-term extension that they can't get rid of. So I went with another playmaker on offense and went with the receiver from Washington. I love Odunze. I think he's grown on me. This summer I, I wondered about his his twitchiness and maybe the fact that he's just open all the time and that Michael Penix finds him all the time. But they have three dudes on that Washington wide receiver in the Washington wide receiver room who are playing and going to get drafted. And Odunze, I think he he probably finds his way into the bottom of the first round. And and he's remember. big and he's physical and he yeah. fits that style. And maybe it makes it easier for Dak to have someone like that. You can just throw the ball to who go get it, and it doesn't have to be perfect all the time because at times it feels like that's when Dak struggles. All right, number 23, the Ravens are on the clock, and they've drafted uh, um, Jason Odafe. Uh, uh, they drafted – who's a young man out of Michigan towards Achilles? David Ajabo. David Ajabo. And Awe. they It's Awe. Awe, thank Odafe, you. Odafe, yeah. Odafe. Odafe Awe, thank you. He was Jason previously. Thank you. There we go. Uh, both those guys, incredible athletes. They know each other from back in the day. They haven't quite clicked yet, and hopefully they get there because physically there are very few guys that can do what those guys do, just haven't put it together. So I went with uh, Leatu Latu uh, of UCLA, the edge rusher there. He's having a great season, and uh, the questions are going to be injury-related with him historically, and if he gets green flags, if that's a word, uh, and medically, then you, you're moving forward with him. And I think he gives the Ravens something they haven't had recently, but historically been very good at in terms of getting guys off the edge. And I think he brings he brings a physicality to that defensive line that uh, gives you sort of some Terrell Suggs type feel. All right, number 24. This is uh, Josh's guy, Rick, because he, he brought him up on his mock draft that we did on the show last month. Seahawks at 24. What are you doing there, Josh? Similar to Rick, I get to this point in the draft every single week, and I, I kind of struggle with who to put in there because I think you kind of do see a drop in talent once you get into the late teens, um, early 20s in that range. Once you get all those defensive tackles, edge rushers out of the way. Uh, I went with Zach Zinter, the offensive guard from Michigan. Last year, you found your bookend tackles with Charles Cross, Abe Lucas. Um, you've got a really solid unit to build around moving forward. They need some help along the interior, and I think Zinter is a player that will uh, help shore that up a little bit. According to True Media, he's allowed two hurries, one pressure this year, zero sacks, just a really big fit. Uh, should be able to make an impact in the trenches. What do you think, Rick? Because they not got lucky, but they did the right thing and found those bookend tackles. They battled injuries at points this year. Are you thinking about a quarterback here? Because Gino's playing fine, but he is in his early 30s. What do you, is this okay for you? Now, this is a point in the draft where you're just following your board. Okay. And if uh, Josh, whether right or wrong, uh, has entered this high, then you have to go with him. Yeah. But, but we'll find out if it's Zinter stays up this high as we continue through the process. We'll make a note so you can come back and, and give Josh a business if this I doesn't work out. Better than Zinter, but that's fine. I will say. Um, who was the edge rusher in a Wake Forest last year that, that you were crushing the guy drafted in the third round by the Rams? Kobe. What's his name, Josh? Turner. Kobe oh, Turner. Yeah, Kobe Turner. Kobe Turner yeah. is doing okay. So maybe Josh is maybe this that's different in the third round than it is in the first round. That's true. For someone who doesn't know what numbers are, you certainly know there's between one and three. I do know that. All right. 
Ryan, are we sure Rick wasn't in charge of the Vikings that year that they had the number seven pick, but then forgot they were on the clock and allowed the time to expire? <laughs> I can guarantee you with my ODC or OCD or OCD, OCD whatever you want to call it, that would never happen. Rick would have destroyed the room if they missed their draft pick. Maybe they were going off a spreadsheet like this, and when it came up to the seventh pick, it actually <laughs> We would never use a spreadsheet like this. It's too confusing. <laughs> Rick would have fired the spreadsheet guy if they showed up with a spreadsheet. Yeah, Mike Tice was the coach. I do remember that. Um, I don't remember who was Rick's predecessor there, but Rick uh, Rick insists he wasn't that guy, Debo. We'll have to double it check. It worked on. out. They got Kevin Williams, who was one of oh, the yeah. best picks in that draft, but yeah. uh, oh, I, not I, a good luck at the time. No, I was not there. I can guarantee you that. Are you, you protecting Rick- Dan Marino? Yeah, you were protected. You strike me, Rick, as the type of person that you don't even want to get inside a minute in terms of the, the countdown clock. Is that true? I want a decision to be made and know what we're doing. Now, we'll be patient and wait to see what kind of calls that we field. Yeah. I would wait till the minute to turn the pick in, but the pick was already decided way before that minute. I got you. So you were taking player X, but then you would take phone calls from whomever wanted to trade up for whatever reason. But if they were monkeying around with 45 seconds to go, you're just hanging up the phone? Yeah, the closest one I've ever had was Teddy Bridgewater. When we okay. traded up into the first with Seattle, that came down to about 20 seconds. Oh, man, you were freaking out. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got Teddy. All right. Number 25, my Steelers, they can't draft an offensive coordinator here. And by the way, I'm starting to feel bad for Matt Canada. Things have gone so poorly for that man. Like, he's they're they're calling out his name at the stadium. I Someone sent me a, a tweet there. They're calling out his name at the Penguins games. So, you know, he's not crushing it at his job, but sweet mercy, the man is, you know, he is a human. So what are we doing at number 25? Hey, for this lead in the AFC North right now? Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. Some of that smoke and mirrors, it feels like. It's, it doesn't say that. I, I just saw their win and loss record and that <laughs> they were on top of that division. I didn't read That's, all. No, you're right. At the end of the day, they are 3-2 and two in the top of that division. While Josh's quarterback refuses to play, which is another conversation, but whatever. He's a Browns fan, Rick. All right, Steelers at 25. What are they doing? <laughs> uh, am I up? Yeah, you're you're uh you're oh, this, was, this was the pick that Debo actually woke me up after <laughs> bed, and I took Kalen King. You tried to take my guy. Yeah, and he said it's already been taken. So the first guy that popped into my head for whatever reason, uh and it's a need, uh, was Xavier Worthy, this receiver from Texas. And the reason I end up going with Xavier Worthy was because Pickens is the real deal. Uh, yeah. Robinson is not. He's kind of a uh, one-year stopgap guy. I think so. Uh, which called is hurt all the time right Dante now. Dante Johnson. Dante Johnson. You know, and your guy uh, from the preseason, Austin, is nothing but a gadget guy. Although you oh, thought he'd get it. put in the Hall of Fame as best <laughs> slot receiver to ever play the game. But I think they need to get more weapons for Pickens, and this kid fit uh, the bill for me. And by the way, Debo is definitely trolling you because that was pick 28 according to his spreadsheet, <laughs> even though it was pick 25. <laughs> I, I, I'm just just tell me what, when I'm ready to make a selection. I have it at least written down on paper. I can't believe Debo's doing that to you. All right. Xavier Worthy. I love Xavier Worthy. Uh, you talked about it before, the little focus drops. He's gotten better at that. It feels like he's been an impact player this season for the Longhorns. Next up, number 26, the Jaguars. Uh, how do you say Jaguars, Rick? Huh? 
How do you say the Jacksonville team? It's what do you not call wires as Jaguars. That's what do you say, Josh? Jaguars. You say wires? Yeah, wires. No, I actually I can't believe this when it comes to the English language, but I agree with Rick. I say Jaguars. Jaguars is a it doesn't phonetically doesn't say that, but that's a Jaguars. that's a thing that that's the thing that people do. All right. For the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 26, edge rusher Braylon Trice out of Washington. I think Josh Allen is up, and he's certainly been an impact player for them edge rush-wise, but I, I just want to beef up that side of the ball. The offense has been in, in pretty good shape. Perhaps an offensive lineman here if you have one you like, but I like Braylon Trice, so that's where I went. Number 27, Buccaneers. And, Josh, this young man – is someone you had in your previous mock draft. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was actually talking to a scout about him, and he said he was playing out of position last year at right tackle. Uh, his footwork was all over the place, but he has a chance to be a really good player. So with that tease, who are you taking at 27? I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Kingsley Suamataya from BYU, somebody that's going to help upgrade that offensive line. I think you're just trying to get the best five players on the field. Obviously, Tristan Wirfs is going to be one of those players. Luke Gedeke is actually fared. He's playing pretty, pretty well at right tackle. Um, so I'm taking Sumataya here. We're just going to get the best five players on the field. Quarterback is probably where this is going to end up going by the time we get to April, but Baker's playing pretty well. Um, so I'm giving a little bit of respect to him, although I don't necessarily uh, seeing it ending up in that way. So, Rick, Baker's on a one-year deal, but he is playing well. Are you going to try to re-up him? Are you thinking about a quarterback here? What are you doing? I think that'll play out as the season goes along. But I thought that the uh, that he is playing the best, and I thought the offensive coordinator that came that was a quarterback coach, uh, Dave Canales, in 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 Seattle, Dave Canales has done a phenomenal job with Baker, and they have to make that decision going forward, and they could, and maybe do a three year deal similar to what they did with Geno Smith, yeah, and then maybe draft one of these young quarterbacks that they that fits that system that has that type of skill set. And Kyle Trask is still there, although I don't know. He had a good camp, um, but he's getting either he's, you know, they say go to the bathroom or get off the pot, as they say in the uh, scouting world. Yeah. And so they're going to have to make a decision either way on which way they're going to go. But if they do extend Baker, maybe get a guy that's more athletic than Trask because that was kind of the old system, you know, the, the Ryan Leftwich system with, the Tom Brady's of the world and those tall, uh, with Jameis Winston type players. Uh, but maybe they do look at a potential quarterback here and then have him sit behind Baker Mayfield for a couple of years, similar to what they did in Seattle. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right. You're on the clock, Rick. It's pick number 28. Don't be confused. You're the Detroit lions. And this is an interesting pick for me because, um, I didn't love them over the summer, but I'm interested to hear why you have this player going. Well, uh, I wanted um, to get another offensive lineman because they have Jonah Jackson up. They have Vitae, Big V, is also up. So they got two guards up. The reason why they're such a good football team right now is because they have one of the best offensive lines and the way the defensive line is playing with the addition of Aiden Hutchinson. And I am going to go with Graham Barton the offensive tackle, I'm going to move him in the guard from Duke. Okay. I think he fits what the Detroit Lions look for is solid character, just good football player. We need to keep that offensive line strong. We can slide him in the guard because he's athletic, but he was the kid 
that stuck out the most is trying to finish blocks all the time. He is a tough hombre. And toughness to me with passion for the game fits what Brad Holmes has drafted in Detroit. So that's why I went with uh, Graham. I like the idea of him moving inside. I wasn't sure about him being a tackle, but clearly they're 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 set at tackle. So I, I like this pick in in that regard. I understand Thanks. what you're doing. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I can sleep better tonight, unless Debo texts you at nine forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up the Miami Dolphins, and I think what you have to do is you you get the list of players that you've watched and you sort them by forty times. You just take the fastest guy, whoever runs the fastest forty, you put him out there and just let him run into rounds. Uh, unfortunately, Devon. Achan is going to miss some time with a knee injury. He's been absolutely explosive. Instead, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, another fantastic athlete in his own right, uh, defensive tackle Leonard Taylor out of Miami. Christian Wilkins is up. Raquan Davis is up, and perhaps they bring those guys back. But uh, in the case that they don't, you have an athletic interior defensive lineman uh, who can help fill that void there. So that's the direction I went at the bottom of the first round. Leonard may end up going higher than this. We'll find out. Number 30. I actually like this pick, Josh. The Eagles are up. I like the player. I wonder how it fits. So tell me how this player fits for the Eagles at number 30. At number 30, I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Arizona offensive lineman Jordan Morgan. He has been playing left tackle for them, but I project him to slide inside. Mm. Uh, That's where I like him best. But when you look at what the Eagles have traditionally gone for, In the first round, it's building through the trenches, whether that's offensive or defensive line. So you look at a player like Morgan, obviously fits that criteria, but he gives you that versatility where he has the background of playing on the edge, but he also has the versatility to slide inside, similar to what they did with Tyler Steen last year. Eventually, Jason Kelsey is going to move on. Uh, You've got Landon Dickerson there. You've got Opeta. You've got Steen to absorb some of that loss. But I think this is a team that always looks to build out their depth along the offensive and defensive line. So that's the direction I'm going in the event that maybe this is the year for Jason Kelsey. Hey, Debo, you know more about the draft than uh, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How, well, what are you targeting for the, the Eagles down here? Love this pick from Josh. Oh, uh, I, I, I do think this is the final year for Jason Kelsey. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to watch the documentary. Uh, on him yet on on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Heartbreaking at the end. But I'm shocked that he's, based on watching that, that he's back this year. I, I really think this is his last hurrah. You slide Jurgens over to center, and and maybe Morgan's a, a fit right away, or, or Tyler Steen, like Josh said. I'm all yeah. about it. Well, Lane done, Josh. also going to be 34 next year. He's, he's not going to play forever either. Yeah, but as Rick thinks with Kirk Cousins, everyone's 38, so he's really 38 in Rick years. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, I've been told, I haven't seen that Kelsey documentary, that I'm in it for three and a half seconds, so that's another reason to watch it if you if you want to see me. Yeah, well, I'll tune into it tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I, I think I'm probably just as handsome there as I am everywhere else. All right, 31, Chiefs are on the board. And Rick, I, I don't know about this pick, just because oh, – Sell me the pick. Well, I don't need to sell you anything. You well, just say it out. Say it out loud, and we'll talk about it. How about that? Yeah, uh, Adonie is that how you say his first name? Mitchell, the receiver from Texas. Adonie, is that right, Josh? It's Adonie, right? Uh, sounds right. I haven't I haven't looked at it phonetically yet. I think it's Adonie Mitchell. Adonie. But yeah, you're close enough. So I got stuck here. I wanted to take a tight end. I was even considering Sanders at the. Uh, 
tight end. Yeah. Uh, I went back and forth on that. The guy I would have taken in a heartbeat would have been Leonard Taylor because of the situation with Chris Jones. I couldn't fit another defensive tackle here mm. uh, that I thought would fit with their scheme. Although I would love to have a defensive tackle here. Um, so I just went with Mitchell and you're like, why are you taking another receiver? I mean, you've taken rice last year in the second, you've taken more. Mm-hmm. The reason I went with another receiver was because Valdez Scantling, uh, is getting a little long in the tooth. I think he's under contract until 2024. So if they moved on from him, uh, they can do that. And then Tony has been kind of almost a, they traded for him, but I don't know if you consider him a number one receiver or is he a bust because of yeah. drops and everything he's going through. So you still have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, number one would be defensive tackle for me. Number two would be tight end for me. Neither of those were there that I felt worthy to take here at 31. Uh, so that's why I end up going with the best player on the board. I went with Mitchell. I don't hate Mitchell. Uh, the court, the position per se. I just wonder, is Mitchell too much like Rasheed Rice? And the other question I'll just ask you this, why not Keon Coleman? I could have went with Coleman as well. Um, and I just, I went back and forth with a guy that may uh, give more speed to me than Coleman. I just okay. don't think Coleman is, he's a big physical receiver. I just don't know how fast he is yet. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Final pick in this uh, mock draft we're doing here. Number 32, the 49ers, a team that I don't know what they need. And it ain't going to be quarterbacks. Only two quarterbacks end up going in this mock draft. And Rick and I talked about this guy on Tuesday. And Rick didn't love him as much as I did in terms of how high I would take him. So I'm taking him here because he's going to team up with his comp in my mind, Debo Samuel. So I'm going with Malachi Corley, wide receiver, Western Kentucky. Now, look, I could have taken Keon Coleman here as well for sure. But I love Malachi's physicality. I love the idea. You just you can run a slant with him, give him the ball, let him do the rest, and take some of the miles off of, of Debo if that's what you want to do. Is he Debo Samuel? No. Rick, your comp was Jonathan Mingo. So probably somewhere in between there. I know you don't like him as a first-round pick. I don't think, Rick. What do you think about him fitting with the 49ers? Yeah, he fits because of his size and his ability to run after the catch, Um, and he is a good athlete. But you're down here, like I said, we're in October, and we're trying to find names to plug in at the end here. And so that that this is all going to change as we continue through the process. But I think everybody's trying to say what's the best football player that these teams can take at this point in the draft. So I'm not going to be too critical. Thank you. Election, although I should be, but <laughs> you're too tired. <laughs> it's too tired. We have 196 days to go yet until the 2024 NFL draft. I am exhausted <laughs> <laughs> arguing with you every Tuesday and Thursday. I know. Well, I think the trick is to wear you out is like we have Debo text you at 10 p.m. the night before the show, and that way you'll be tired. That just freaked my whole karma off for the rest of the day. Now I'm going to have to take at least a 20-minute nap to make up for that lost time <laughs> of sleep that I did not get last night. It's it's Everything's in an uproar around here on the island today. Josh, uh, where are you a Malachi Corley? Uh, well, first of all, I'll say I've got a teething child right now, so he slept with me last night. I didn't oh, sleep at all, no. Rick. Um, so oh. I, I've got, I've got a little sympathy on this end for, uh, Debo waking you up for that 20 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as San Francisco is concerned, when we're like a teething child at times too, just so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, you know, whenever we do these mock drafts, we look at pending free agents, and it does not help you at all when you look at San Francisco's because they really don't have anybody of significant that's coming due at the end of this year. So one of the more difficult teams to project in this class. But as far as Corley is concerned, averaging 6.14 air yards per target this year, kind of this, uh, you know, an output of the system there at Western Kentucky. But what's more interesting is he's averaging 10.54 yards after the catch per reception. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. One of the more explosive players in college football after the catch. Yeah. Louisiana dudes. What's that, Rick? He's trucking dudes. Yeah, I was going to say, Louisiana Tech did their part to up that average, too, with the way they didn't tackle him yes. last week. So, all right, we'll see he's how this really, works out. He's really transformed his body, too. Last year, he was a little bit more slender. He added some muscle this year. So, you kind of like the fact that he's taking this seriously. Um, yeah. As, as he's a pro. And as Rick said, if you love football and you play hard, that's a, that's a step in the right direction because some dudes – Looked apart, but don't love football. That's one of the reasons that Chase Claypool went to Chicago and now finds himself in Miami. I'm interested to see how that works out. But but the only thing I would say, Josh, is they have Ayuk that's coming up. And Ayuk is yeah. one of their key players. And I don't know how they're going to be able to keep, but somehow they figure out a way to manipulate the cap. Uh, but eventually that credit card is going to have to pay. So <laughs> hopefully they uh, get that Super Bowl that they're chasing, which they have the team to do that right now. Another example of a guy who began his career, quote unquote, in Shanahan's doghouse and figured out what he was supposed to do. And he's doing it at a high level now. So that's fun to watch as well. All right. That's it. Mock draft is officially in the books. Rick survived the numbers fiasco. Next time, Debo, will get that fixed. Rick, don't you worry about it. Um, another number for you. Episode 88 in the books. 12 away from 100. What time to be alive. Thanks, as always, to my guy, Rick. Thanks, as always, to my guy, Josh. Thanks to you, Let's Let you guys watch, listen, and comment. And just so we're clear, Rick, we'll be back next Tuesday for Pop or Drop. In the meantime, enjoy the football this weekend and have a good one. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.